Hi, and welcome to the Automotive Tech Info Podcast, the program where technicians talk to technicians, offering diagnostic tips in 10 minutes or less. This podcast is brought to you by Automotive Tech Info to help you learn while you listen. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and we'll be presenting information for and by automotive technicians in a unique learning opportunity to grow your knowledge, insight, and understanding of the automotive technology you see in the shop every day, one nugget at a time. Hi, we're back talking with Scott Brown, co-owner of Connie and Dick's Auto Service in Claremont, California, and a well-known trainer. Those of you who follow this podcast know that we've been talking a lot about ADAS with Scott. He's one of the resident experts in the industry on the topic, and there's really a lot to know. In this next series of podcasts, we're going to talk about some of the peripheral information we need to know. You know, we all think about making sure our technicians are well-versed in what we're working with and be able to explain that to the customer. But it's just as important that all of your personnel know exactly what's going on in the modern vehicle. And we're going to talk about some of those challenges today. Scott, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me there, Tony. Glad to be here. It's always fun to talk with you. You know, you are such a fountain of knowledge and sharing that knowledge and information with the industry. And we think it's just great that you're willing to do this. The last time we spoke, we covered the calibration process of the advanced driver assist systems, better known as ADAS. Everyone seems to focus on the calibration, but there's really a lot more to working on these vehicles than that. And you brought up an interesting point. You said, you know, sometimes the service information itself can be a bit ambiguous. Let's start there. Let's talk about the service information that's available. What have you found to be the case? This is a pretty wide topic here. You know, we're in this period where they're bringing on these systems supported by these various sensors on the vehicle. And you would think it would be straightforward. The service information would tell you when when this happens, you must do this. And that has been far from the truth. For example, uh, some cars, when you do a wheel alignment, you may be required to carry out some sort of camera calibration. And sometimes that's not called out in the actual alignment process. But if you go look up the sensor and you look up, say, the R&R procedure for that sensor, it may indicate in there that it includes a wheel alignment check or or what have you, or you may not even find it there. You may go to the labor guide and you're looking up the labor guide for replacement of that particular sensor. And there is a line in there and it says includes alignment check does not include wheel alignment. So now you look at that, you know, as a service technician, I go, well, there's a tie-in with the wheel alignment. So that means that really there should be a wheel alignment and then a calibration on that sensor. So These are the things that we have to read through. And so this is why it's important that not only the service technician understand it, but say the service writers, because when they're estimating these things, we need to have all the facts up front so we can quote that job properly. And there are no surprises. And I've been in this industry for 38 years and I've had way too many surprises. This new technology can bring in a lot of variables. And this is why I'm, I'm happy to be here and, and talk about some of these things so that we can, we can all stay above board and, and do the right thing. You know, I'm fascinated by how things change over the years. I've been watching the industry like you for, for well over 38 years and in various capacities and from various you know, perspectives. But one thing seems to have grown consistently, regardless of whether I'm you know, on the magazine side or working in a shop or, or working for some of the associations. And that is the need for research. The need for research is growing just as it does everywhere within the automotive service industry. And you raise a good point. I think we often miss that. 
Yeah. If you had some personal experience, you run a shop, you run Connie Index. Have you run into this yourself? How do you how do you deal with it? Yeah, we have run into it ourselves. So, you know, the way the shop is set up here, I have an excellent management staff that works up in the front office. I've got family members that are working in the front office. These guys do a great job. I'm basically working in the back. I'm filling gaps. You know, I'll do some diagnostic or some vehicle triage or what have you. Or if there's some ADAS related stuff, I'm I'm all in it and uh, helping, you know, train my technicians along the way. But yeah, we had a case, I remember last year, we had a late model Ford pickup truck come in, uh, you know, very high-end Ford Raptor, four-wheel drive. Customer owns a fleet of service vehicles and we do all of his service work. So he brought this vehicle in that he bought brand new and he had just put some big tires on it, just a little bit upsized from the factory. And he brought it in to get the wheel alignment done. So, you know, our, our staff is trained. I've already trained them to do a cursory look, right? You walk around that vehicle, you do a visual inventory. Mm-hmm. And that is an important piece, but which we'll talk about more later. But my guys did a visual inventory. They looked at the vehicle. They saw there was a forward-facing camera. They saw that there was a radar sensor on the front as well. They looked in service information and they said, well, okay, we're doing a wheel alignment. We may have some procedure and we looked it up and there was nothing really mentioned about doing uh, any camera calibration. So they proceeded with the wheel alignment. My service technician got it on the alignment rack. And as he's you know setting the vehicle all up, he called me over and he said, Hey, the alignment machine now is telling me that I will need to do a camera calibration when I'm done. You know, what are we going to do? So I started looking at it. I'm also an educator. So I got some screenshots of the data. That information was pulled right from factory service information. On the research end, yeah, it's tough. You need to start doing research all the time. And you're looking not only in the service information, but you may be looking in the labor guide because uh, sometimes the labor guide can provide hints. I will mention another industry resource out there, you know, is ICARB. Mm. The mechanical shops don't see a lot of this ADAS stuff, but the collision industry is basically, they're on the front edge of this. And ICAR has services where they will do research for their members. If they've got a vehicle, they send them the VIN and they'll do some research on, on what's needed. But they also have a lot of resources you know, at their fingertips. We'll return to our interview after this word from our sponsor. Automotive Tech Info provides professional technicians with a regular diet of repair information on BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Toyota, Volvo, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, and more. It's free access to technical knowledge and insight from professional technicians for professional technicians. Simply register at www.automotivetechinfo.com to gain access to our database of technical wisdom that is easy to use and searchable by keyword, vehicle manufacturer, or publish date. It's a convenient technical resource to keep you ahead of what's coming into your shop every day. For more information, visit our website at automotivetechinfo.com. And now back to our interview. In one case here, another source of service information for us, um, I'll give you an example. We had a 2018 Ford Raptor that came in, good customer, first time visit for this vehicle. And he had just put on some new tires and they put on some new King high-end shocks and that, that kind of stuff. And he asked us to do you know, a wheel alignment. So we have our service staff, they normally do a walk around in the car and look at the inventory. And they saw that it had a forward-facing camera in the windshield, also had a, uh, had a radar sensor up in the front. And so they looked to see if there were any call-outs for 
camera calibration after a wheel alignment and couldn't find any. So we proceeded to do the wheel alignment. Technician had it on the alignment rack. And as he was uh, setting up the vehicle, going through the measurements, the alignment machine, we're using a hunter machine, it popped up a big page and it said, hey, when you are done with this alignment, you will be required to perform a camera calibration, which is a basically a, uh, a dynamic style calibration. So he called me over there and I started looking at the info and that info was called right out of Ford's factory service information, but I'm not sure if that came out of like a training document or what have you, but uh, you know, it went into depth on why the camera calibration needed to be done and, and what have you. So there's another instance where you've got information that came forward during the process, which we then had to reach back out to the customer and let him know that, hey, by the way, we need to calibrate this camera. And that actually set up an interesting conversation because the customer said, well, I've never heard of that before. And so now we're having this learning educational type conversation. And so, you know, I helped the technician do the calibration. It was pretty straightforward. We set it all up. And whenever we do a road test with these vehicles, you know, whether it needs a dynamic or a static, you're always wanting to test the features to make sure that they're working as expected. Mm -hmm. And on this one here, it had adaptive cruise control. And I had to actually dig through the menu system in the driver information center to find the adaptive cruise control and found that setting was actually turned off. So I turned it on so I can enable it and, you know, get everything to work. And when that customer was picking his car up, I actually exchanged some words with him. You know, we, we started talking a little bit about it and I told him, I said, oh, also I turned on the adaptive cruise control. So you're going to see that that's on. I don't know why it was off. And his response was, oh, really? I didn't know it even had that system on the vehicle. So he's buying, you know, $80,000 truck and didn't even understand all the features that were embedded uh, on the automobile. You know, we went through the same thing when anti-lock brakes were introduced. They've been around for years, training people to, what was it, stomp, stay, and steer to keep their foot on the pedal when it started to vibrate because it was, it was something different. They'd never had that happen before. Yeah. And their tendency was to take their foot off the brake, which was, of course, exactly what you shouldn't do. So there was an educational process associated with teaching people how to drive all over again. Yeah, I, I remember that. Also, the police, they were taught before ABS to basically modulate the brake to keep them locking up. It's an old heel and toe race car driver trick, basically. It's just that it does so much more efficiently, of course, when a computer is doing it. But again, the same educational process that we're taking pains to achieve with our employees to make sure they're aware of all this stuff. There's a component to it that has a customer service angle where the consumer needs to understand what it is they're paying for. Because in many cases, I know I, I got calls from consumer reporters saying, you know, I just had a call from a consumer who said that they wanted them like $600 to align their vehicle. Well, this is outrageous. No, the alignment was about 200. The 300 was for the calibration that needed to go along with it. Yeah. Consumers are woefully unaware of a lot of this modern technology. As you said, they didn't even realize they had it on their own vehicle. Yeah. That's another aspect of our trade that I'm, I'm seeing some opportunities in. Mm -hmm. These systems, these advanced driver assistance systems are, are bringing in capabilities that have varying degrees of effectiveness. So some cars work better than others. Some of them work differently, you know, especially if, if you've got a customer that gets accustomed to their vehicle and maybe they get in a rental car mm -hmm. and it has some similar called out features, but they work differently. Like it may have lane centering 
versus just a kind of a lane assist type mechanism. But I have found, you know, some of our customers come in confused. They'll accidentally hit a button on the steering wheel. And now there's some, some icons on the dash that have turned on mm-hmm. and they're coming in asking us, uh, well, what is this? What, what's going on there? I am actually working on assembling a consumer facing education program. And I envision us hosting like a little seminar just for consumers on this modern technology, right? We want to help them understand the technology on their vehicle. Mm -hmm. And I think when they have a deeper understanding and appreciation for what's on the car, they will appreciate the fact that, hey, when we do a service operation, we are ensuring that all of these systems uh, remain unaffected and and are actually operating the way that they should be working or as intended from the, from the manufacturer. Again, all part of the educational process, but hold that thought. We're out of time for today, but there's much more to this topic, and we will be continuing our conversation with Scott Brown, owner of Connie and Dick's Auto Service Center in Claremont, about what you need to know when dealing with this new system. Scott, again, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hey, happy to be here, Tony. Thanks. We'll see you next time.